how his country needs him here. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes! Oh, yes! Nani. Rooney! Oh, wonderful! What a goal! And what a time! In what a place! What a play! Wayne Rooney out of this world! Comes out to Essien! Oh, my goodness. What an unbelievable strike. It's Freddie Youngberg again, pushed out by Bartes. Wilson! Arsenal have scored yet again in the Premiership, and this could be the most crucial goal of all. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! Alright guys, welcome back to the Pace and Power podcast. I'm your host Ed. With me today I've got Pat in the top left. How's it going? Nice to see you. And we've got a very special guest here, Mr. Lee Judges from Arsenal Fan TV. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good thanks, Ed. Not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, pleasure to have you on, mate. Really, really appreciate you coming. No but problems. The, the nature of your, of, your, of your guesting on this podcast is not going to be the happiest one because we're talking about Arsenal. You're in the hot seat, yeah. <laughs> And I think it's time for me to come clean to the fact that I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm, in fact, a, a Spurs fan, a big Spurs fan. I didn't tell you that in the emails because I thought you would. No, no, otherwise. you didn't. Like, you you <laughs> caught me on it now. Don't worry, I am an Arsenal fan. So, <laughs> but I'm more seeing it from the perspective of, you know, keep your friends close, enemies closer. Um, I want to get the inside scoop as it, as it was on, on the other side. <laughs> so there's one overarching question that I really have wanted to ask you this whole time. And that was, if we did this a year ago, say, and I said to you, Arsenal would finish eighth, you know, first time in 26 years without Europe. What would you have said then? I laughed at you, especially after really? the FA Cup final, especially after beating Man City in the semi-final, beating Liverpool on that run. And also, um, you know, in the league, just uh, just after that, in the FA Cup, I, I would have I would have laughed at anybody who said that we was going to come eighth. I wouldn't have believed that. I felt that we would. I don't say we would have been in the top four, but we'd, I thought we'd be challenging for it. And I did think that we'd have a, a decent season. And I honestly thought that um, Mikel Arteta was going to be the real deal. I really did after what I see towards the back end of last season. I, I have to say, but it's been a yeah. massive disappointment. Massive disappointment. Yeah, because you, you you mentioned the you mentioned the FA Cup and. I just remember the whole fan base feeling so like unified mm. and everyone was just so optimistic. I was thinking, you know, we, yeah, we beat Man City. We, as you said, we beat, beat Liverpool, beat, you know, beat Chelsea, which is always nice. And I was just thinking like, we can beat anyone. What's, what's stopping us next season if we have a, a reasonable transfer window, which I feel like it, it feels like we did. Um, but then yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I will say this. When people say, oh, we had a good... I, I, I totally agree with you there. Like, it was a reasonable transfer window. It wasn't a great transfer window. I think we improved with the Gabriel and obviously Parza. But we needed we needed creativity in midfield with goals in midfield. And we never addressed that. We never addressed that in a transfer window. We went after uh, a while for all, all the summer and then we yeah. pulled out of it. And we never... And, and if I be honest, the transfer window cost us. It cost us because if you have a look of um, once we brought in Udegaard uh, and, and obviously uh, Smith Rowe developed, in the second part of the season, Arsenal weren't as bad as what everybody makes out to be. Definitely. But ultimately, that, that transfer window and Arsenal not doing the business um, 
impacted on the season. I didn't think it would do at the time, but it certainly did. And that was one thing that cost us. Yeah. And when you look when you look back on it, um, you know, will they make the same mistakes again? And probably <laughs> probably probably they will. And this is why Arsenal Football Club is in the state that it's in at the moment. You see the players that you're getting linked to at the moment, and it's players like the um Tap Sober and players like that. When you got this, you know, you got Saliba at home, you know what I mean? Like he's had a good <laughs> season. I mean, I want to get into the Saliba business as well, to be honest, because mm. from an outside perspective, it it abs it makes absolutely no sense to have a player like that playing everywhere but Arsenal, effectively. <laughs> and there's still talk of him not really like Arteta must hate him or something. Well, I don't really know what's going on there. I, I will say this: I think that yeah, people have to realise that he's only nineteen, and you know, to 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 come into the Premier League as a defender at nineteen and and hit here running is difficult. So I, I get I get the thing of you know looking at it in the long term, uh, and maybe a few loans here and there will will do him good, so that when he comes into the side, he's ready. But then when I look at the players we've got in there already, you know. Without no disrespect to to Holding, I think Holding's a good squad player. He's not gonna yeah. not gonna be top top quality. So why keep persevering with the likes of those sort of players? And and you know David Louise, for instance, now has gone. So there's there's not only two, I think two spaces available. And there's probably three now. We've got I'm not going to say his um his name because I can't. We've got Dino that's doing well in. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. In uh, in Germany, so he could come back into it. And he's a little bit older, so yeah. um, I think that that's something that we could look at. And then, but I, I do think, you know, I look at we've got Saliba, and I think you know we're being linked, which is this is what I don't I don't I don't get involved with the transfer mark. We're being linked with Ben White at fifty million. Well, we haven't got fifty million to spend on a central defender, so what's no. the point of that anyway? <laughs> and and it, even if we did. I would be disappointed that we're spending fifty million pounds on a defender when we've got other other um, areas that need need improving. I.e., midfield needs improving massively. But with Saliba, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that giving him the experience of, of loans and everything like that, and I think that one of the things that worries me about him is that um, you're putting a lot of pressure on a nineteen-year-old kid to yeah. come in and do the business, um, and. I haven't seen that many great 19-year-old central defenders, if I'll be honest. Now, yeah. you, you see them more for up front because it's off the cuff and all that. But defenders have got to be disciplined, got to be, um, you know, it's a little bit more of a, a talk position, if you know what I mean. And, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. Uh, and I, I think that um, I, I would be liking him to come into the squad. But if he's getting more games on loan for a year or two years, I'm quite happy with that, if I'll be honest. Yeah, as long as he as long as he comes back and he's still yo. Know, yeah, like as long whole... as he comes back and then plays, exactly right. Yeah, because exactly I'm just right. I'm just hoping that you know everyone says he, yeah he's an Arsenal fan from young. He is apparently still desperate to sort of make an impression of this club. So we just hope that he doesn't feel like he's been dicked around a bit and now you know he's left a bad taste in his mouth and he's desperate to to leave or whatever. But I think you're, you're bang on. The only example I can think of 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 a player that age is obviously Fafana at Leicester. Um, yeah, he's done fantastically well. Who who was Saliba's teammate, and and you know everyone in France always said that Saliba was the more talented out of the two. So it's an exciting prospect, something to look yeah. forward to. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, and, and with Fafana, if I'll be honest, there's been times when he's done well, and there's times when he's not. You know, and I, and I no disrespect to Leicester, it's a different pr- pressure when you play for Arsenal, like you know. So yeah. I, I I I I think that um, if. What I would like to see, you know, and I, hopefully he's been, they're talking to him, they're telling him what they want and what, you know, all these things may have been planned 
before when he signed and all that. You're not going to yeah. start for the first couple of years and whatever. And it may be now the next move for him is uh, if if he if Arsenal are, are set to or, or they feel that he is the man for him. I think maybe either we bring him back now or we put him out on loan again back to a Premier League club. Premier League club, yeah. Get used to the pressure because. Yeah. It's not France. That's all I'm saying. No, yeah. no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, so it'd be very interesting to see what they do with him. Yeah. Bizarre situation, though, definitely. The next question I want to ask is, was there like a specific point at the start of last season where you thought, oh, we could be in trouble here for the rest of the season? Because remember, you started off really well against, was it Fulham? And I was thinking yes. this, yeah. we lost our first game. We lost the first game to Everton. And I was thinking, oh, just another year of misery. Mourinho got it all wrong. <laughs> When did it really start to go wrong for Arsenal? What was like, the result where you're like, oh, no, something's not right? Uh, well, for me, I felt, um, I felt Aston Villa when we got, when we got absolutely oh. stuck by Aston Villa. I think that uh, there were signs at, um, a little bit before that. I think we'd, we'd played work. We'd, we'd put it well, I don't say. We, we'd lost to West Ham um, in a game which, uh, sorry, we beat West Ham, but realistically they was all over us how we got away with that result but wins cover up a thousand sins so um, it was um, not really for that but I, I felt after the Aston Villa game I looked at that game against Aston Villa and there was so many things wrong about it like you know um, Jack, Jack Grealish run, run the show in midfield <laughs> uh, wasn't you know I think Jack Grealish was fouled uh, a thousand times by players <laughs> over that, over that, and Arsenal never failed him once in that game. You know, and that tells you everything. There was no, yeah, uh, it was just something missing, something not right about Arsenal that day, and um, you could tell that the, that the the creativity wasn't there in games going on leading on to that. Like Leicester, I felt um, a couple of decisions went against us, but for me, Aston Villa outplayed us from minute one to 90 minutes at the Emirates. And I can tell you this now, even in our darkest days at the Emirates, we've never been outplayed at played like that game. And if I think like our home form was disappointing, but yeah, yeah for me, Aston Villa. Yeah. I, I still wake up in, in cold sweats thinking about that game sometimes. Like, the, yeah, you're right. Because there, there was a couple of games before that where, you know, we lost, but it was by one goal or something. Yeah. And we were just, you know, this we, we were, we were three nil down, like, no, sorry, we, we, were, we were one nil down like a minute into the game. And I just remember thinking like, oh, what is this? Um, and there was that one bit as well where like, if you remember Ross Barkley and Jack Grealish were sort of on the wing with uh, Rob Holding and Bayard. And it was Barry. honestly, it was, like, it was like a training ground game. Like they were just, they were popping it about and Holding is shifting on the spot, not moving. And I was just thinking this could be like 10 nil. Yeah, it was oh. embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. To, to watch it that I remember that he was dancing on the you know what I mean and, <laughs> and, and basically they had us on toast that day and, and uh, I think if you remember right they should have scored a goal in the first seconds of the game as well and that was disallowed yeah. to remember like you know and uh, mm-hmm. it was just you could see the signs there and uh, the, the, the you know I always look at people when people say about home form uh, well, have a look at your home. Why are you not doing well at home? And, and the fact, fact of the matter is, teams come in there, they sit in there, they defend. And um, you've got to be able to open them up, create and all that. And we just didn't have no creativity whatsoever in the team. It was apparent that day. It was apparent probably, you know, against West Ham, if I'll be honest, but we'd won that game. And 
we um, that was our problems. And you know, if you look at our home form for for most of the season, it's been pretty poor. And the reason is because you've got teams coming there and sitting, yeah. putting banks of four from defence to midfield, and you've got to break them down. And we just didn't have the creativity, and, mm. that, and that was the problem. And uh, um, we was then going to be in for a, a season of uh, of difficulty. Yeah, I, th- I think you were bang on. It was after that game where I thought, like, this is going to be a long season. You just mm. knew it. Yeah. I do I do think with that Villa game, I don't think it ends up quite like that if there's fans in the ground. Obviously, I think I'm giving Arsenal fans a lot of credit here. Which is, you know, <laughs> not not my favourite thing to do, but, like, I just don't <laughs> think, I don't think any fan of the team could accept a 3-0 home defeat to Villa without, you know, something, something really happening. I don't think you'd go yeah. down quite like that. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a great point. And I think there is, you know, look, listen, we ain't the only team to suffer from that. Every team at home has probably suffered from that at some stage. I think that if you're in a performance like that, you're, you're right. You're, things are not going quite right. The, the fans make you respond a little bit better. But I think that when the fans are not there and things are not going well, oh, well, we just we just carry on doing what we're doing yeah. and see if we can get, get it through. But where the fans would probably put the pressure on, to, 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 to make things, you know, make players do a little bit better. But I, I take that point in, on Baldhead, but every every team suffered from it this season, you know. Yeah, um, uh, and and so we can't really throw that as an excuse. But um, it, listen, I think that you, would Sheffield United have been relegated or ever had a poorer season if they're fat? The, the, the answer to that is probably not. But I, I look at it, you know, Leeds have got a very, very uh, ferocious um, fan base. They seem to do okay at home. You know, Everton have had a shocking season uh, season at home, you know, because they've got a good uh, home yeah, support. Right. Yeah. And, and you can say Tottenham as well. Tottenham, you know, on their new stadium has suffered as well because, you know, you do need that. Uh, I, I think sometimes that little... not Sometimes it's not encouragement as well. It is like, you know, this fact, oh, the fans yeah. are not happy. I mm. think it works on on both both ways. So it lets the, it lets the, lets the players hide a bit. If uh, if there's no if there's no fans to get on their back a bit, they can just be like, well, you know, they, they don't they get that extra little bit of a push. Yeah, a little bit of extra motivation. Just go through the motions a little bit more, like you know. And, and I'm not, you know, but but ultimately, and I and I will say this: people do say that we weren't having those sort of problems the season before. When when we come back, when in in the F, there was no fans in the FA Cup final, there was no fans in the semi final, but we found a way to get through that. So I, I get what you're saying there, but yeah, I, I don't think it's too much of an excuse. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. So I I think I know the answer to this because obviously I've watched a lot of your stuff on AFTV and all this, and I think I know where you're at with this question. But this is just for people that m- might not know. Um, usually, I'd say people blame one of three things for a club not doing particularly well. The players, the manager, or the board, or all three. Where would you say with Arsenal, if you had to choose one of those three to diagnose the big problems, which one would you say? Because obviously it's a combination of all three. No one's to speak. It is a a combination of all three, but ultimately, ultimately it always falls on the manager. That's that's how it is. You know, results, you know... uh, there is a saying in football, you're only as good as your players, which is true. But if that if that was the case, then no managers would be sacked, would they? Because, yeah. um, you know, the manager would go into the office and say, well, I haven't got the players, you know. But ultimately, it comes down to the manager. He, he picks the team, he picks the tactics. And I, I, I feel that um, when you look at teams like 
uh, Everton, not so much towards the back end of the season, but during the season, was getting the best out of uh, players that weren't probably as good as Arsenal players. Certainly West Ham, you'd have to bring into that with David Moyes. Yeah. You know, have got the best tune out of his players. And I don't think that uh, Mikel Arteta got the best tune out of his players. When I look look at it, and I'll be honest about it, you know, what players did he get a good tune out? Now, I go look, I go looking before Christmas, Aubameyang wasn't playing well, Lacazette. Why? They weren't getting the service. So I can understand that. But in the second half of the season, you've got Erdegaard in there, you've got uh, Smith-Rowe. Aubameyang still didn't perform. Yeah. Um Pepe was poor until the the latter part of the season. People go on about what what Pepe done and everything there. I I, I will, will judge Pepe again next season because I felt he was fantastic after we'd gone out of the yeah. European uh, game against um, Villarreal. When the pressure's off, I want to see what he's doing when the pressure's on, and I think that comes down to Mikel as well. You know, uh, um, the consistency of playing Willian in place of players like Pepe. And also um, Martinelli. So yeah, I, I, for me, uh, I, I I think Mikel Arteta got it all wrong this season. And what I will say is that he's trying to change the culture. Okay, yeah. I get that. Um, and so we'll see what he does. But come come um, come um, August, you know, it, firmly the pressure is firmly on him. And I and I feel that by this sort of performances this season, I think he's put himself under the pump too much I think yeah. that if Arsenal have one or two bad games that's it that's it you know what I mean like and if he doesn't get what he wants in the um, in the summer then you know he's a dead man walking as, as simple as that yeah mm. um, no I completely agree and I think um, going back to the point about not having fans I think he was very lucky that yeah, there weren't there weren't fans at the stadium because after the home loss to Burnley uh, that was when I was firmly. This is this has gone too far. I think we need to change. And to be honest, I'm not sure where you stand on it, but I uh, haven't really deviated from sort of being Arteta out for no, no, no s- right. since then. I think you know he's here now. Give him the transfer window, but as soon as things start going wrong next season, he has got to go, in my opinion. Yeah, and and, and I'll, I'll say this now. You know, what other big club would um, be eighth in the league and and not have their manager? Listen, whether you whether you like what Spurs are doing, whatever, whatever you think that they are, and whatever, um, and um, maybe they're getting it right, wrong, or, or whatever, they're trying to do it right. You know, they, they're trying to have the big club mentality. By you know, and what I mean by that is that they weren't going to get top four. Mourinho's uh, job was to get the team top four. Gone. Yeah. Whether you like it or whether you don't, that's there it is. Real Madrid. I would never have a manager. Um, going into the following season, finishing eighth in the league. Yeah. Juventus wouldn't. Uh, man, let, 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 let's just be honest now. I think Solskjaer's done a fairly decent job at Manchester United. If he comes eighth next season, I guarantee you now... He's gone. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. I guarantee that doesn't matter. Uh, the Chelsea manager's just won the Champions League. If he's eighth come uh, December, he is gone. Well, no, Chelsea's so, probably gone if they're second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 so, you know, exactly. You know, and I'll tell you that now. I, I, I stand by it now. If, if Pep come eighth for the next season with Manchester City, he wouldn't be at Manchester City next season. Don't matter how good they think he is. You know, <laughs> there's no way that it'll happen. So, Mikel Arteta is a very, very lucky man. Very, very fortunate to be, to be still in a job. Yeah. Now, 
you know, a, a get out clause or whatever. I don't know. He's a very, very lucky person. Take that and do the business because if you don't, you know, you know, you've, you're finished. You're yeah. finished. Mm. I, I feel, I wouldn't say I feel sorry for Arsenal fans, but <laughs> I think you're in a very tricky position because where with other clubs where things weren't going too well, you know, there was rumours about Mourinho getting sacked long before he actually did get sacked. And there's, not, there's never been anything about Arteta ever leaving Arsenal, despite him performing, you know, I'd argue in that first half of the season, few managers performed worse with, with, the, with the tools they had than he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was no talk. And, and he's getting another summer transfer window. He's getting another window where he gets to choose the playing staff and get, choose who to go and this, that and the other. And it looks like he's getting rid of the deadwood, which I think, you know, is a great thing. But like you're giving him another window to choose his own players. And then if he goes, say he's gone by October, you're left with yeah. all the players that he, that he has signed for the next manager sort of, you know, cobbled together. So I think Arsenal really, I think it's a bit of a shit show right now, if I'm honest. Um, and that's from a that's Thanks, from Spurs fan talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's no. the thing. It's, it's very, we're not going to talk about Spurs too much this episode, but it's very fortunate that they're embarrassing themselves even more than us. <laughs> well, let's, like, let's, let's, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to Spurs, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to compare myself with Spurs or whatever. And I don't mean that disrespect for Spurs. We've got to look at our own, our own um, house and sort that out, yeah. you know, and, and, and uh, enjoying the misfortune of Spurs. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, <laughs> Ultimately, you've got to sort your um your, your own house out. And, and the question is, yeah, I don't care what players leave this football club, apart from Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Tierney, yeah, Gabriel. The rest of them, I, I I haven't got a, I haven't got a problem. If if Leno says he wants to go, see you later. Not a problem. <laughs> Bellerin, see you later. Uh, Shaka, see you later. Uh, Partey, uh, I, I, I I'm I'm. Uh, on the fence of him at the moment, so I'll wait to see what happens with him this year. I think getting himself a, a decent partner. Yeah. I, I don't care if Lacazette goes, if Bamiang goes, Eddie goes, any of those sort of players go, like, you know, the ones I want to keep are the, are the young ones. And that is the problem. That is the problem at Arsenal at the moment. If you look at all those players that I've mentioned, Saka, 19, Martinelli, 19, uh, Smith-Rowe, 20, uh, Gabriel, 22, Tierney, 25, all under 25 years of age. So what does that tell you? It tells you you've got no 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 top experienced players in our football yeah. club. And that is the problem. Now, where I where I say that it's not such as you know, I feel that we're in a not as bad as position as what people make out is because of what those players I've just mentioned. Saka is sensational for for a teenager. Smith Rowe is as well, Martinelli. So yeah. we've got some very very good young players. And I think that is our that is our um, saving grace at the moment, um, yeah. and and nothing more than that. But that's Arsenal Football Club. We're saying we've got good youngsters yeah. at the moment. That's it's, our point. If you had to pick one person, though, where so I, I'm completely on board with you. I I've had a position of basically see you later to anyone if they're not those players. But if you had to pick one player to drive them to the airport or drive them to the next club and just like honestly fuck off out of Arsenal, who are you picking? Oh, I, I find that very difficult because you try and support them all year, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I think that if 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 I'll be honest, Willian has been just a, just a, an absolute shambles of a sign. Now, <laughs> now, now I don't hate I don't hate on him or any Arsenal player, like you know. Yeah, but you know if we he has to me disrupted Pepe with um, getting more games. 
Reese Nelson would have had more opportunities. I just don't really see the, the sign. Now, I think Arsenal made a couple of real good uh, under Mikel Arteta, some good signings. Gabriel, fantastic signing. Party sign. They're the sort of signings we wanted three or four years ago, yeah. or five or six years ago, when Arsene Wenger was in charge. If we'd have got those players in, or, or those sort of kind of players, Arsenal would have been been in a much better position. Definitely. We've, we've not had uh, what I would say a top-class goalkeeper for a very, very long time. Now, I'm saying Leno's a good goalkeeper. He is a good goalkeeper, but, but he's not top, top-notch. When was the last time we had a top-notch goalkeeper? If you're going to go and win titles, and I go back to um, George, the George Graham era, we had John Lukic, won the league with John Lukic. Decent goalkeeper. Same sort of goalkeeper as Leno, if I'll be honest. Yeah. If I'll be really honest, you know what I mean? Like, you know, good goalkeeper. Yeah. Ultimately, then he went and got the best. And Arsenal then, you know, we, so we, we've not got the best goalkeeper in the league. We had, arguably, along with Michael, one of the best goalkeepers, one or two goalkeepers in, in, the, in that. Certainly the best English goalkeeper yeah. in, in our team. We haven't got, when, you know, I, I think the goalkeeping standard's poor, if I'll be honest. Like, but you wouldn't put Leno in the top four or five goalkeepers in, in, in the league. Problem. Um, when, when you look at Arsenal and, and they're being successful, how many players would like in a, in, a, in a successful side get into any other team? Getting you know, um, and you'd say, "Cool, quite a few." Uh, when we was winning things, the, the team of the league season, we'd have four or five in there. We, we haven't got anybody in there. There's not one player you would take out of the Arsenal. What player would you say could go and walk into any team in the Premier League? Any team? Yeah, um, I would. Isn't. I would well give Saka a year or two, and he's that guy. Yeah, you give um, Saka a year or two. You'd, you you would probably say that he's got a chance. But this, I mean, let's talk about Saka at the moment. I think Saka's fantastic. People turning around at the minute saying he's not going to get a game for England. He should. <laughs> I mean, like this is England. They're, a, they're not a great a great footballing nation. We had World Cup winners playing for players that went to the World Cups, come back with with being world champions. Yeah. Now. Um, and, I, and I say this, we've, we've not got one international player playing for one of the elite teams, regular. You look at when we was going to World Cups and European Championships, you'd be looking at France, who were, you know, were going to be in the closing stages of a World Cup or European Championship. You had Vieira, Henri, Will Tord. Yeah. You had four or five, you know what I mean? Then Spain, you had Fabregas, blah, 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 blah. You know, now... Not one. We've uh, this one. fun little fact. We've uh, yeah, we've got less players going to the Euros than Brentford. Um, <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I didn't know that. But that yeah, it's interesting, that. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. We'd, so, so we'd always um, uh, you, you, yeah have something to be to be looking at, but we haven't got that now. And the reason is because the standard is so so poor at this football club. The the, the standards have dropped so high, highly. Yeah, and that is a fact. It's mm. a fact. Building on that, though, is there is there one particular player you'd have in mind that you think would change Arsenal? One yep. realistic signing that you think you bring them in? Well, I don't think it's realistic, but we're but but we've got we've got we've got to do it. We, there's there's one player out there that which which would transform Arsenal yep. completely. Jack Grealish would yeah. change Arsenal completely. Now that's my dream that, signing as well. Absolutely dream signing. That, yeah, I look at that and say, is it unrealistic? Probably is. But why should it be unrealistic? 
you know, if you sell five or six players, you can actually get um, get him back, get get that there. But he would transform. Look at what Fernandez, um, sorry, um, Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez has done at Manchester United. He's changed him completely. Yeah. Mm. No, I think uh, I think it's weird. It's a weird cultural thing that has happened with Arsenal recently. Um, I remember when I was growing up. You know, I'm only what 23, but Arsenal would like get Jack Grealish. It'd be no problem. Villa's best player, easy, snap him up, no problem. Like, and it's now you're thinking like, they've got no chance. They've got City or United. If anyone's going to sign it, it'll be between those two. Maybe Chelsea, just Chelsea just can do that. But you, I just don't. You, I, I never will say in a million years that Grealish should go to Arsenal now because I think there's no ambition from from the ball. No, ex- exactly. And you look at look, look uh, Tottenham could have signed Jack Grealish. Two, oh. se- two, three seasons ago, they, they haggled over two million or three million pounds. <laughs> you know, but listen, I'm, I'm laughing at Spurs because they've done that. Arsenal have done that fifteen <laughs> times. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, now I, 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 I've seen potential in Jack Grealish for for many years. I've been banging on the drum when he was in the Championship, going, getting, getting, getting. Get it was the sort of player that Arsenal need. Now, what I say about Jack Grealish is, and it's unrealistic. It is unrealistic, but Arsenal need a signing that's going to excite fans back. I am not excited about going back to the Emirates. I've not been at the Emirates for over a year, year and a half, say, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, I'm not excited about going back there. I'm not excited about going back to football. Why? Because the team's not exciting me. I'm not, I'm, I'm fed up with what I'm seeing. I'm fed up. Now, people say, oh, you agree, whatever. It's nothing about that. It's about, a, a club showing the same sort of ambition as I, as yeah. I want, trying to be what I think that Arsenal should be. Now, I don't say that Arsenal should be winning the title every season. I don't think they should be. But I expect Arsenal Football Club to be challenging for the title. When we left, when we left the Emir- uh, left Highbury, we had gone invincible one season, won the FA Cup the following season and got to the Champions League final the next and the decline of the football club since has been absolutely shocking. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is Arsenal needs something that's going to excite the fans. And it's not a yellow top being sold for, for <laughs> out, out of the stadium, which is very nice, by the way. What they need to, to, um, to, to do is make a real statement signing. Yeah. And for me, that's it. That is the signing that, that would excite me to say... I'm not saying that if they got Jack Greenish, they was going to go and win the title, but I'll tell you what it would do. Yeah. It would give us an exciting season because it would oh, give yeah. us something special for the football club. Yeah, and I think in a in a footballing sense, it ticks so many boxes for us as well. Like, So Greenish plays left wing and centre attacking mid. Those are two positions that I think we're crying out for some top, yeah. top quality. And like, I, I, if we sign Greenish, I'd basically say he plays wherever he wants and then Smith Rowe takes the other position and we're sorted. Um, yeah, we, he... just, we just we just build around that, and um, I honestly think that we wouldn't need much more after that because we'd have a lot more of the ball, we'd we'd contain the ball a lot more, we'd get a lot of free kicks. My God, William might be coming, would, would be coming, <laughs> like that, right? so uh, but, <laughs> let's, not, let's keep, not go too keep, crazy. Let's not go too crazy. <laughs> no, no, no. But we'd keep we'd keep the ball a lot more. We'd keep we'd we'd be in possession. Uh, uh, Possession-based football would mean that we wouldn't have to de- defend as much. Uh, if we could buy a midfield player, uh, a solid midfield. Don't, don't forget also, we can afford Arsenal at this moment in time to lose seven or eight players, you know, and recruit a lot of money, maybe even more than that. 
and only yeah. bring in three or four because we've got no European football. And then the following season, if we get into Europe, we then can we can add players. So we can we can afford to 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 offload ten players, I think, this season and only bring in four, and um, still have enough because we've only got thirty eight games to yeah. To, to, to go through and, 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 and a, uh, domestic cup competitions. So we wouldn't be in a um, a poor place f- as far as depth of squad's concerned. So no. is it realistic? Yes, it's realistic um, from that point of view that we could go and get that. But it's unrealistic because we've got owners that are not ambitious like the fans. And that, that is the case, you know. Right. Um, there's no there's no reason why... Uh, Cronkay couldn't say, right, I'll go and get you Grudish, I'll, go and, I'll give you 200, 300 million, because he, he can afford it, but he won't do it. Oh, easily. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when you look at Chelsea, and you look at um, um, Manchester City, not unrealistic for them two, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and I think they, those two, especially, are sort of leaving the other clubs behind, to be honest, in terms of their transfer performance. Yeah, um, because they've got the money you know, we just can't compete right I think um, we'll quickly run through some listeners questions um, the first one I want to start this is from Sam and he's my brother so he's a Tottenham fan so it's Tottenham question incoming and he said <laughs> Where do you see the distance between Spurs and Arsenal right now? Because, you know, six years consecutively, Spurs have finished above Arsenal. We haven't won anything. But you probably yeah. would say, as a Premier League team, we performed better in that period. And he said that, you know, when we were growing up, six years of finish above Arsenal under Wenger would have been inconceivable. Inconceivable. Mm. Yeah, I look at it from... Uh, and I don't mean... I'm, listen, I'm not disrespecting Spurs. And I feel like when, when Arsenal were at their peak, Tottenham were were I didn't fit, didn't really feel Tottenham were rivals. It was Man United, no. you know. What I mean, but like and Spurs were a, were a, were a pain for us because it's I like tell you Everton pain. sort of situation, isn't it? Well, yeah, was, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was a there was a pain. It was a, because you know they had nothing to lose when they played against Arsenal. You know they give it their all. Uh, if they beat us, they 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 would stop us maybe winning the league. If they didn't, it didn't matter. Like you know, and then you, you go and see them play against Man United and. And give away six points, and uh, it, was, <laughs> it, it was frustrating. But over the years, and I don't think this is, you know, Spurs have improved, but ultimately, and Arsenal have declined. It's not that Spurs have got uh, and been improving, improving. Spurs have got slightly better. Well, they have got more, more than better, and I'll come on to that in a second. But Arsenal drop, 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 dropped, and now mm. it, it's very, very even. Yeah. In fact, I'd say that. Um, I remember the last game at White Hart Lane went to the game there um, and Spurs outclassed us, beat us 2-0. I've never ever gone to White Hart Lane and been outclassed like I was that day. Hmm. And it was a massive worry. Fortunately for Arsenal fans is that Tottenham then went to Wembley. Because I tell you what, if they didn't go to Wembley that season, with the players that they had, I think they could have gone on and won the league. They was that good. Yeah, yeah, that was that. Well, it was that, there's that. Yeah, there's that criminal stat of um, those last two seasons at the lane, where if you combined with the games won, games lost, if you sort of got an aggregate season from those two seasons, we'd won the most games, we'd lost the least games 
yeah. somehow we hadn't won a title. <laughs> yeah. Classic. And, and, and one of the reasons was because, you know, they, they went to Wembley because I think if, 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 if I'm, if I can remember right, I think that season, their last season at Waterloo, didn't lose a, lose a home game. No. So their home form was, was, was pretty good. What happened was then they went to Wembley and it wasn't the fortress that, that, that Tottenham was. And, and, the, and the fact is because, you know, like other clubs, Tottenham have gone on, got a new stadium and, and, and whatever, probably was needed um, to a certain degree. But then I, I think that, you know, if Tottenham fans, uh, I, I know, of, of, are now saying, oh, this stadium's not the same as us. No, <laughs> I said, you know, well, yeah. I could have told you that 10 years ago, Greg. You know I mean? <laughs> like, it's not going to ever be the same as what I've been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the fact of the matter is that Spurs then were, were uh, in a, in a uh, I felt, in a position of worry from our point of view. But like Spurs do, they go and shoot themselves in the foot. They go and get rid of, <laughs> they go and get rid of Pochettino. We've, mm. when, when I think to themselves, they never looked at the bigger picture. They looked at it and thought, like, you know, this is a man that's gone through um, the the Wembley years. It's never going to be the same going into the, to the new stadium for, for a while, like it has yeah, been for yeah. Arsenal. And they should have just kept with him for the next five or six seasons, and then Spurs would have been okay. But ultimately, and, and I can tell you, it was the worst summer of my life up until June the 1st, was when they played in the Champions League final. Oh. Ultimately, that was the undoing of Tottenham Hotspur because they, they got things too quickly and mm. the expectations went up and everything like that. They lost in that final, thank God, and then the, <laughs> wheels, come, the wheels come off. And so yeah. now we're in a position <laughs> where both teams are in, in, in and around the same position. I, listen, I, and I, and I, if you put both teams together, you still wouldn't make a championship winning side. And that is a fact. Even though yeah. both got, <laughs> true. They've got, both got poor defences. Midfields are not great. Tottenham have got some good, fantastic strikers. They've got Harry Kane and uh, Arsenal have got some decent players going mm, forward. Mm. But the other, the other thing with Spurs is that, um, which they're going to, which they're going to find out like we did as well, is that players as good as they are, 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 are on a, on a timescale. We had it with Fabregas, Van Persie, those sort of players. And Tottenham are going to have that now where, unfortunately, you know, um, the stadium and whatever it takes its toll and you have to lose a couple of players. And, and, and so you've, like with Arsenal, you're sort of like trying to catch up every single time. And, and that's the problem. And, and yeah. I think Spurs are going to go through that for the next couple of seasons. And it's going to be just, speaking, speaking on behalf of Arsenal, let's just say we hope Harry Kane leaves Tottenham because oh, I've had enough of him yeah. being there. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a different boat on that, really. I, I'm, I'm hoping that he stays because they've not won nothing since he's been there. <laughs> um, Keep it up, and he's yeah. getting out. He's, no, he's getting older and older. And it, you know, I don't want Spurs having 150 million or 100 million pounds to spend on other players. I think. Oh, that, we'll waste it. We'll waste it. Don't worry about that. Well, <laughs> I, look at, I, look, I look at Tottenham, and I, and I do say this: is that sometimes you get a player, and and he's he's too good, so you rely on him too much. So like, so when he's in the team, you think, oh, I don't know how Harry gets out of trouble or do this. But when Harry's not in the team, Tottenham players a team. Yeah, sure. uh, so like players have got to step up, i.e., Song steps up a little bit more, so and so. So, I don't think it's such a, a yeah. bad thing if he goes or a bad thing if he stays. So, there's two ways to look at it. Okay, all right. Well, I've got another question here from Ross, it's sort of a slightly different question. He, he's asking, 
what is AFTV like sort of behind the scenes? You know, what's it like? You know, you've got all these videos out where you're giving these passionate, mm. passionate rants about Arsenal. You know, what's it like having that just being out there for everyone to see? Uh, well, listen, it's completely changed, you know, from, from when I first went on that. AFTV now is, is unbelievably massive. It's, you know, when, when you go there now, the, the studios that they've got now is, is, is unbelievable. And, um, you just, I, I, I don't think you realise what, I didn't think, I didn't realise what a bigger scale was on until we started doing these watch-alongs, if I'll be honest, because it just, yeah. it just exploded. Mm. Um, and you've, I, I say you've got to be careful. You, 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 you've just got to be yourself and like that's the trouble but being yourself sometimes gets you gets you in, in, in not into trouble but like you know explodes on the thing with the Harry Kane thing you yeah, know yeah, which yeah. is which has been uh, unbelievable for me in, in yeah. some some respects but you just you don't realise you, you, you're just sitting you're, the only thing I can say is like we're sitting in a room now yeah, and that's right. all you're doing you're just sitting in a room and then when you do something like the Harry Kane thing for instance yeah, mm. and then then the next day you realise well you are sitting in a room, but there's lots of people watching. Yeah, like, don't realise how many mm. people are watching. Yeah, on a on a personal note, I've got to say though that that Harry Kane thing, I think that is brilliant. I absolutely love that. Yeah, oh, well, you know, I, mean, I I look at, I look back at it, and uh, not 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 sometimes a bit of embarrassment because you don't realise um, that's how you are when you're watching games. But what yeah. what people have related to it and and, and is that people will sit there and go, do you know what? That's what we're like when we're at home and things yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. that, that. That's the thing, you, you know. So the reality of it is that, yeah, I'm not normally like that in a day-to-day basis, but when watching football, you change. Yeah. yeah. And people can people can relate to that. Like, you know, from, from AFTV point of view, like we went cricket the other week, you know, and you're getting spotted wherever you go. I went up to Manchester you know, for a break, and people yeah. are recognising you now. So, you, so you, you, it, it thrusts you into a different world, a different. Mm. Um, you know, my life's completely changed to 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 so much now that you know um, you've got to watch what you do and watch what you say, and mm, yeah. um, and also like you know when you go out now, you've got to conduct yourself in a different way because people recognise. I, I went golf yesterday, and you can see people pointing and, yeah. and things like that. You know, and, and you, you know people sometimes are scared to come up and say hello and, and <laughs> my life's completely changed from that point of view and it just shows yeah. you how massive massive it is you know it's got me a, a part in a bbc show like which which i just filmed for it's just gone absolutely crazy you know yeah. and um no yeah no I'm, so, I'm really happy for you mate to be honest um when because obviously you watch as a person you only watch arsenal fan tv when things aren't going right, obviously. Of course. Um, <laughs> oh, and, I've say this, and I've said this before many <laughs> times to, to you know, my, my friends that love football. Uh, your analysis on the show, I've always thought was the best, sort of most reflective of, of what a real fan that, you know, when you're in the ground and you're hearing people talk about the game, it's what, you know, aligns with what I think about football. You know what I mean? Some of the people on there, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's a bit over the top. It's a bit dramatic. It's a bit, this is a bit that... With your, especially your sort of post-game analysis, I'm always clicking on them ones first because I always think your your analysis is so incisive and it's so, you just get it, you know what I mean? You're just so yeah. to the point. And I think that's why, you know, you're such an integral part of the team. Oh, thank strange. you very much. The, the one thing that, that I, I get, and, and it is from, you know, it's, it's nice when you hear it from Spurs, thank you. Obviously, I've, 
I'm in a Spurs area. My brother's a Spurs season ticket, or was a Spurs season ticket holder. Got a lot of Spurs friends and all that night, you know. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say friends, uh, acquaintances. <laughs> um, but, um, but they turn around and say, look, you know, when you're talking, you may not, you, you could be relating to, to Spurs, you could be relating to Liverpool. You, so that's a nice yeah. thing, is, is, is it there? I get what you're saying about, about the things, is that, listen, to get on something like that or, or, or do something like that, you've got to, 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 to bring something to the party. If you just went on there, and, like, if I went on there now, uh, for instance, and just said what I said, well, I probably wouldn't pick up a lot of views and all that, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 that's how it is. The first, the, the uh, the first one that I ever done, the first interview I ever done, obviously that exploded and all that lot. But that was just, it, it was just what I said. And, and unfortunately, mm. I said a couple of a couple of things on that video which fans could relate to. Yeah, and and, and that's how it goes. Now, so 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 someone has to come on with a different th- angle and whatever, and and that's how you do it. Yeah, um, and, and because it's so big, uh, you know. There is that fan, uh, views related sort of base thing, which is not a great thing to have, but unfortunately, that's the world you live in. It is about views, it's you yeah, know, and I, I, I found that out, like you know, um, and I've always said this look, I'm not one of the biggest on there, but I, I'm, I'm in my 50s, you know. What I mean, if I was in my 30s, <clears throat> I would probably be smashing it, mm. you know. What I mean, but yeah. you know. At the end of it, I'm grateful what I've got, what what I do. You know, I, I get I get asked to play in charity football games now and all that things like that. You know, what I mean, it's just it's yeah. dream stuff, really. You know what I mean? So whatever comes along, I'll take it and um, just you know enjoy enjoy what it is. I'm just I feel fortunate. That I'm in, I mean now I'm, I'm just about to start up my own channel, um, which is something that I've, I want want to go into now and probably like move more into that than yeah. than the other things that I'm doing you know like what you guys are doing and uh, yeah. the end of the day and I say this to everybody <clears throat> if you've got 10 people watching you or one of, you know that's an achievement whether you, you know if you can get into the thousands even better but ultimately if someone wants to watch what you're saying you know take it as a as a compliment because yeah. before I was on AFTV and I you know I, I, I would comment about something in football no one would um no one would comment about it. If I put something on on a, on a social media now, a lot I get lots of comments. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, if if you've got someone interested in what you're doing, then that, that that's good enough. Yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure your channel will have all the success in the world. I'm sure lots of people will be tuning in. I definitely will. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, was che- I was checking it out earlier. Actually, it looks pretty good. It looks nice. Um, yeah. I've yeah, got one more was... question for you, Lee. Then I'll let you go. No <laughs> problems. Chris has written in and he's asked, does Arsenal need a change of transfer approach? You know, start from signing the mid-level European players, sort of like you know, Lacazette, you're yeah. you this and you're that. And if so, what kind of direction do you think they should go towards like, in terms of their sort of pro- player uh, profiling? I, I think they've got to go for players that, um, I, 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 we sort of alluded to earlier on, they've got to go for players that are going to be the best. It's no, you know, and I, I'd rather get three top, top players instead of five or six ordinary players. So go and get yeah. the best midfield player, go and get the best striker and go and get the best defender. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's all that, that Arsenal will do. Best goalkeeper as well, if there is one yeah. available. I'm not saying Leno, like, look, we could do with, if, 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 for instance, if Leno come up to me, if I was in charge of Arsenal and Leno turned around and said, oh, uh, I'm not quite, um, 
uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to sign a new contract. I'm not going to stay. I go right. See you later. I'll go and get, <laughs> um, stay like Johnson at West West Brom or someone like that. Yeah. And build sort of like either an English based Premiership based team, or or go and get the elite players. I'd go and get Basuma as, as a midfield player to go alongside Pai, and I'd sign Grealish. So there's my three yeah. players that I would sign. That's okay. all you. That's that's all you need. That would do for me for this. It's not going to win you the league, but it's going to put you in a bit position of when you're playing 38 games, you've got a good chance of beating teams uh, tenfold. Yeah. Swap a couple of players over, but but three three big signings, uh, um, and, but massively so. You know, uh, they go and get the players that we need. Maybe another striker, but like you know, we, that's going to be unrealistic. But like Grealish, Basuma, and a right back. Yeah, and, okay. uh, and and not just any right back, a top right back. You know, like and then you go right now. You've got two decent fullbacks. You've got two decent midfield players. And you've got players that can score goals up front and crack. Pepe on one yeah. side. Just Pepe on one side. I would actually play Pepe down the middle, to be honest. I'd put him down the middle. I'd play Pepe, Grealish and, and uh, Smith-Rowe. Then you've got one at one other side, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I also think that we need to bring in another midfield player as well. To, Definitely. To, uh, and, and I would go sometimes a free transfers here and there, you know, isn't a bad thing if on top of those top big signings. So yeah. that, that's the way I'd go. I'd completely change your proxy. Okay. Well, um, I think that just draws things to a nice close there. Um, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Really, really appreciate your time. No, I enjoyed it. No, good conversation. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Really it insightful. Was about, was about Arsenal, but it was very interesting. Um, obviously, I hope nothing that you said here actually goes through. I hope you sign <laughs> some <laughs> <other> players. <laughs> But yeah, absolute, absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Would luck. I would like to say to you, good luck for the season, but I can't, mate. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I understand. I understand. We, when we need it, we desperately, desperately need it. But, you know, until next time, Pat, thank you very much for joining me once again. Lee, thanks again. Absolute pleasure. No problems, guys. Good luck with the channel and everything, and uh, have a lovely summer. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. And if you like the episode, please, you know, follow it on Spotify, like it on Apple Podcasts, Give it a rating, give it a review. Share with your mates. Have a great day. Cheers. <laughs>